Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan, Brave the Wild, is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Great to be back on board once again today. Minnesota Wild, in a three-game span, go 2-1, and one, as I predicted, to a T. That's right, the Wild defeat the Detroit Red Wings, two teams going in a completely different direction, and they even mentioned that on NBC, how... Well, back in the, you know, not just a few years ago, you could have said the opposite about these clubs. Like, this team is, you know, a, a contender for, you know, a championship contender being Detroit, and the Wild are just this mediocre team, you know, on their way, kind of out of the playoffs this year. That's pretty much where the Wild were a couple of years ago with, uh, you know, the <laughs> with, the, with, with, with the Warren Peters of the way, uh, Warren Peters leading the way, guys like that of the world, because all the injuries and such, the Koyu and many others, uh, Mike Yo's first year and Todd Richards last year, blah, blah, blah. It was just not a good situation. Detroit was definitely a contender back then. They'd recently won a cup and all that. Uh, you lose to Anaheim. I, I had a sneaky feeling I was going to be kind of the one the Wild just weren't going to win. I, I didn't get the vibe the Wild were going to sweep Anaheim this year. They could have easily won the game, but they didn't, unfortunately, because of Mr. Gibson there. And the Wild have a highlight reel game against the Dallas Stars. Detroit game had a little highlight to it too, but also kind of low lights as well. Kind of a messy little game. Uh, got some shout outs to give out today. In fact, I'm going to be shouting out quite a bit, so please bear with me. I got to mention right now, the first one I'm going to open up with Pucknology, the Pucknology podcast. I want to encourage you to check that out. It is a San Jose Sharks podcast. Yes, they're a rival team. But Chris on there, uh, great guy. I went on the show, and it, it will air when the Wild play the Sharks in a little while here, in a few weeks or so. I think he said it's going to air in a week or two on on uh, iTunes. Do check it out. Give it a listen. We had just great chemistry, great conversation. He basically interviewed me about the Wild because they're intrigued. I mean, there's a possibility we might wind up playing each other in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, it, sounds cra- it sounded crazy at one point, but it's getting more and more possible. Of course, the Wild would have to pass the Chicago Blackhawks to get there, of course, and when I when I say pass them, I mean defeat them in the postseason, unless we're really lucky and somebody like a St. Louis knocks them off, and then it would be really interesting. Mikey Owen, Bruce Boudreau, Manu Imano, somebody like that. Who knows? But uh, a possibility the San Jose Sharks could come out of that Pacific Division again and face off with the Minnesota Wild 
around Memorial Weekend, around that time. You know, late May. Yeah, Western Conference Finals. Remember how that felt about 13, 14 years ago? 14 years ago already? Wow. But uh, do check out that show. Great, great guy, Chris, over there in San Jose, California. He's familiar with this area. He lived here for a few years, and uh, we talked about, even we talked about Surly and all that. Uh, wonderful beer and Ale Smith over there in California. Surly, of course, here locally. And for those of you that don't know, 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 know about that one, uh, Sierra Nevada, Ale Smith, great California beers as well. <laughs> yep, he likes to ask people what their favorite beer is or beers, like where, where they stop before the games or such. And if I were to stop anywhere, I would endorse Tom Reed's. Yes, that might sound kind of basic, but it's a good one. You know, it's, it's very basic because it's really close. And But hey, you know, former North Star owns it and... I, I really liked the food there. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed going there with Mike Holzer, a friend of mine, in the past uh, when we would go there to games together, when his uh, dad would give us tickets because his dad didn't want to go to the game for whatever reason, busy or not feeling good. Was was a good time. So, all right. Um, that's how I got introduced to Tom Reeves way back in the early days of the Wild when Wes Walls was uh, skating for the club and Marion Gabrick and... Auntie Laxanen and all them. Auntie Laxanen <laughs> and Pavel Bunet. Hopefully, I I think I'm still pronouncing your name right. Am I? Was it Bunet or Bunet? I I keep now I'm now I'm. See, you said I pronounced it right. Now I'm wondering what I said last week. Um, MNW players. We're going to talk about that when we get into the second segment as well, because uh, it's more prospect talk and such. We'll get into that uh, at the time. Let's get into the games here. Sorry, I had to get into these shout-outs. Uh, Merrick and Pavel Bune. Merrick as well. Merrick out there. Added him on the, on Facebook. Uh, we'll talk about that some more again in the second segment. Those guys really do a great job in that site and uh, covering the Wild Prospects. Sellout crowd on Sunday, 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 Feb 12th. Afternoon matinee, NBC Sports. This was actually on NBC, the real Channel 11. How cool is that? What a fun little game here, eh? Fun little game. Kyle Granlin netting his 16th goal of the year fairly early on a Detroit goalie that would go on to struggle mightily in this game. Jared Corn, Jared Corio, Jared Corio, a, game, a, a name, you know, not too familiar with this guy. You know, haven't really seen him a whole lot, and Detroit's been in the Eastern Conference, and they've been nondescript the past couple of years despite making the playoffs. Henrik Zetterberg is definitely a name we know about. Pavel Datsik, guys like that. Man, we also got well acquainted with uh, Gustav Nyquist. Yeah, Gustav Nyquist. Great. Um, Yeah, that was actually pretty early in the game, too, right around the same time as the goal. We'll talk about that very shortly. Um, It was literally right after the Grandland goal, pretty much. Uh, But the Wild getting yelled at by their coach, Bruce Boudreaux. Somebody please shoot the puck, because there wasn't a whole lot of action going on. The first few minutes of this game were quite boring. And then all of a sudden, boom, <laughs> Koivu getting the puck on net after Olsen giving it over to Koivu. And Granlin able to finish, just being aggressive, getting it passed. Granlin also had another chance in this game to tip it in at the end of the first period. Almost tipped the thing. It would have been a spectacular play off of Koivu as well. Who Man, Koivu was just on his game with the passing. The, this one was more of a rebound, though, from uh, Granlin. Just a great play, though getting it past Corio, and then Goose, Goosey, the Goose, Gustav Olsen, getting his first assist in the NHL. He would get his second later on. Very happy for this guy. And the highlight play by Charlie Coyle. Woo, we'll talk about that in a minute. And then, of course, the, the high-sticking incident with the other Gustav. Gustav, the other Goose Nyquist of the Detroit Red Wings. A nondescript guy, not really out there, more of a skill player. Him and Jared Spurgeon getting a little tangled up. Spurgeon doing a little bit of a cross-check. Not the worst thing you ever saw. 
and the Nyquist kind of does a little uh, cheek hunting, and it could have gotten in the eye very easily of Jared Spurgeon, and they just gave him a double, a double, uh, two, a four-minute penalty on the play. Luckily, we hurt them where it counted most, as Nino Niederreiter on the power play, a spectacular pass by Miko Koivu. Uh, just kind of sliding down, hesitating, waiting, waiting, until he passes the line, past the goaltender, and, I mean, I don't know how you can time this and and be as accurate as you were on this one. Just a spectacularly timed play. Just waited for that opening, and Koivu nailed it right to Niederreiter, who looked just shocked after the goal. Like, what a spectacular pass by Koivu. 19th goal of the year. Two power plays for the Wild after, again, Granlin nailing one earlier with Gustav Olsen on the power play. That's how much faith Mr. Uh, <laughs> Boudreaux has an Olsen already. He's been looking good. He would make a mistake a few minutes in the into the first period, or second period, pardon me, on Anthony Mantha's goal. We'll talk about that in a minute, but uh, great play again by Koivu. Um, only four minutes given to Nyquist, though, on the high-sticking penalty, uh, which would lead Boudreaux to get really frustrated and many others. Uh, luckily, it did not get into Spurgeon's eye. They were able to stitch him up and put him back in the game. Thank God, but still... Jeez, I mean, the guy, is, he's such a valuable player. And even if he was the fourth, even if he was the sixth defenseman, seventh defenseman, like a Nate Prosser, you wouldn't want that to happen to the guy. Especially especially if it's a Nate Prosser. Think about it, a guy just fighting to be in the league, you know, he's he's working his ass off to be in the league, and then you do that to him and he's done. You know, he, he, could, he, he could be done. It's very possible, maybe he'll be okay eventually, but he'd be out for the season, I would think, barring some kind of a miracle. Um, but, man, uh, ultimately a six-game suspension given out to Nyquist. Just excuse-making by the NHL and by Nyquist, basically saying he didn't really realize what was going on, and also the cross-check happened. Um, he was just trying to wrap around the guy's ribs. I don't know about that. That was uh, the excuse by Nyquist. And then a six-game suspension handed out. Not a 10-gamer. I would have think at least 10. Some people wanted 20 or 15. Um, but uh, only a six-game suspension drawn out. Lack of reputation, all that. So they end up Kind of giving him, letting him by with a slap on the wrist. I mean, six games is still six games, but mm, um, lots of frustration on this one. And very understandable from the Wild organization on this one. Into the second period, though, Detroit would finally get on the board. Again, this is Devin Dubnik in that, so a little surprising to see three goals. But I don't know. It just is what it is. Detroit still got skill players. And no Thomas Vanek available for this one. He's Howard Hurt and, again, another oft-injured kind of guy. Steve Odd is now on Detroit, by the way. He was on St. Louis for a while. He was on Dallas for a while. That was really fun when he was on Dallas. I, I enjoyed that, actually. Nice little rivalry type of thing. Now he's all the way over in Detroit. Very nondescript. Again, I keep using that word because that's Detroit right now. They're nondescript. You don't really think about them right now. They're kind of like Carolina at this stage. So it is what it is. Over in the other conference and not doing very hot. Uh, but Mantha, this was a mistake by Olsen. Kind of just went. He went out. I don't know what for. He went out to challenge the shooter rather than staying back and block the shot or clear the puck out. Parisi was left chasing Mantha on the play, and Mantha was able to bury the rebound off of <laughs> Gustav Nyquist. Can you believe that? Nyquist was able to get an assist in this one, Ugh, along with Xavier Outlet. Can you believe that? Uh, Xavier Outlet getting the first assist off the shot, actually, ultimately off of a Nyquist pass earlier, and Mantha buried it, tying the, or making it a 2-1 two to, two to game. A little mistake by Gustav Olsen. Rookie mistake there. Luckily, he'd make up for it with a second assist 
leading the pass up to Pominville, who would lead it up to Coyle, who would make a spectacular highlight play, just wrapping around the Detroit defender, literally spinning around, spinning the puck around the guy. I mean, it's the kind of highlight play that you do, you know, when you're trying to show somebody up, when he wasn't necessarily trying to show him up. He's just trying to get around him, so he didn't mean it that way. It's just that it was that good of a play. <laughs> it was so good. It, it was a poster type of move. And he ended up, Coyle ended up ending his goal, his goal scoring drought at 17 games, 14th goal of the year. Oh, Charlie, if only you were a little more consistent and you'd end these, these, these long droughts. The guy would probably have 20, 23 goals already. He's stuck at 14 at this stage, but at least he got it. Palmer adding yet another assist. The guy has been just been phenomenal the past few weeks. Um, just very impressed with Palmer. Uh, the past two, three weeks here. Um, and, of course, very happy to see Goosey, Gustav Olsen getting his second assist of the game and of his career with the Wild. Awesome. And then literally just moments later, Zetterberg finishing. Zetterberg finishing up close. Xavier Outlet again. Oled. <laughs> Xavier Ole. Ole. I keep calling him Outlet, but it looks like Outlet. It's Xavier Ole and Anthony Mantha. All the same guys again, factoring on the Zetterberg goal. Zach Parisi up close and personal, as they like to say. <laughs> oh, with Jared Corneau, who again would continue to struggle and was kind of left out to dry on this one as well as Parisi was able to just kind of get the rebound off of a nice Pominville wrister and he was able to finish that, bury it past uh, Corneau four to four to two game and just again, moments later, just like last time just like 30 seconds later Ah, I forgot how to pronounce this one. <laughs> Athanasio, Athanasio was able to finish off of a crown wall. It was, again, Dubnik kind of left out to dry here. I mean, geez, they, Wild just wouldn't clear the puck away. Cronwall and Cronwall uh, was able to get the assist again, just simply getting the puck on net. And Athanasio was able to finish his 14th goal of the season. So you're seeing a lot of 13-14 copyright Dan Cole in this game. If you're an old Dan Cole fan on the KFAN. I'm not a huge fan, but that was funny. It was an old bit he would have. 13s and 14s all around here. Common Man must have loved this. I mean, Manta, 13. Coyle, 14. Zetterberg, 13. Athanasio, 14. It's very easy 13 when he would get his second goal later on. <laughs> Pretty funny. Awesome. Uh, Christian Foline, then. This is one that Coriel would want to get back, would really want to have back. Coriel getting his 30th assist on the play. Simply Foline, just kind of a mild little shot. You know, Foline's known for a powerful shot. And he's just kind of flipping the puck on net, and it went right past Coriel. Uh, kind of a screen situation as well, but Foline, Christian Foline with his second goal of the year. Good for him. Defensive-minded defenseman, but he does have a nice hard shot. Shot, as they like to say. Uh, Chris even had a little bit of that in his voice. I don't know if he's just picking it up from watching so much hockey, or... I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know if they really say that in Northern California, but it was kind of funny. Uh, then Zach Parisi, again, power play against Detroit. Awesome. Uh, Parisi, this was a spectacular play. And Eric Stahl getting a much-needed assist. This guy has just been on a drought of droughts. Yikes. Yikes, guys. And a big drought for Eric Stahl at this stage. I believe it's a 12-gamer at this point. 28th assist on the season. Good for him. Spurgeon, the 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 guy with the uh, stitches in his cheek at this point, helping out on this one as well. But a awesome redirection by Zach Carizzi in midair. Awesome goal. 13th goal of the of season. Two-goal game. Two-goal game for Zach Parise getting rewarded. Uh, you thought he deserved better in previous games like Chicago and others. I mean, he did get a goal against Chicago, but in previous games even before that, the week before, especially against Anaheim, uh, excuse me, Tampa Bay, against Tampa Bay, 
the team that came around in the uh, expansion around the same time, around the same time in the early 90s. So I got those mixed up for some reason. Uh, but Parisi getting rewarded for his hard work in this one, getting two goals out of it. So very nice to see Zach Parisi, obviously a guy who's much better than his statistics would indicate at this stage. Lots of conversation with this game. It was a very, very, very fun game to watch. A shame it was three goals given up, but my goodness, we scored six. So whatever, I can't complain. Extremely entertaining national broadcast for the whole hockey world to see on NBC. That was so much fun. So now we go to Tuesday, February the 14th, a very romantic evening. If you're an Anaheim Ducks fan, I guess, but it would kind of lull you to sleep. I mean, you know, not not really, not really, because the Wild put a spectacular effort in this game. But John Gibson, John freaking Gibson, was John was John Sebastian Jaguer, and Wild fans from back in the day, those of you that are a little bit older, you got to be almost thirty now. Well, not necessarily. Maybe in your childhood, you, if you were in your childhood, you're you're a little kid. You, and you watched it and remember it, you'd be in your 20s at this stage, maybe. 20, like early 20s, I guess. So, eh, it's not that long ago yet. 14 years ago, Jean-Sebastien Jaguer and the Ducks shut the Wild out in three out of four games, sweeping the Wild in the West Finals. Just pray to God we don't have to go through that freaking bullcrap again. As I talked about with Chris, that could be the one thing that could hurt the Wild in this postseason is running into a hot goalie because as offense, as talented as the Wild are and as skilled as they are, I mean, you run into a hot goalie, you're kind of screwed, and stuff like that happens. The Wild, you know, as good as they are offensively, they are still inconsistent offensively, and that's one of the, that's one thing that does scare me. <clears throat> when you saw Anaheim score early, you thought, okay, we'll be fine. Uh, nice rebound off of Corey Perry's, uh, well, actually it was Lindholm's shot off of an angle, and Kramarosa, another crazy name there, was able to just bury the rebound. Wild, just not prepared, not ready, almost nothing you could do about it. And to think that would be the only goal of the game? I mean, it reminded me of Edward Martinez against the Twins back in 92. And yes, I remember because that's the way I am. First at bat of the game, home run! Seattle leads one nothing against Kevin Tappany and the Twins. And that was it. And the Twins would have several chances to score, just like the Minnesota Wild in this one. Several chances to get a run in. Runner on third. Looked like a home run by Brian Harper, caught by Ken Griffey Jr., stuff like that. Remember all those names, some of you old school sports fans? And that was it, though. one nothing, And that's kind of what this game was like. And that's about all i got to say. You know, <laughs> wonderful chances off the post by Pominville. Pominville was awesome in this game. And, oh, it was off the post. I mean, he would have beaten Gibson. Gibson was not ready for it. He had Gibson beat. It was past the glove, but it hit the post. Oh, and that was the story of the game right there. Oh, it really was. I mean, Koivu was awesome in the game as well. Strong defense, strong on the puck the whole night. The Wild peppered John Gibson. My goodness, sounds like an actor, doesn't he? <laughs> 37 saves by Mr. Gibson. Devin Dubnik faced only 23 shots. The Wild dominated the puck, but Gibby Gibson was on his game the whole night, and damn it, uh, the Wild just could not finish so many chances. Four shots by Zucker, four by Suter. Man, even Stahl almost had one, really, but it just a little more mustard on that shot. It would have been a goal, but damn it, it just did not go in, and the disappointment was in play. Now, speaking of disappointment, it continues for a guy by the name of Mr. Grayavok. Tyler Grayavok put on waivers because so many ups and downs with the uh, the AAA club, the AHL's Iowa Wild, they had to put him on waivers at this stage. They were out of options in that stage, so he was available if somebody wanted him until a couple days that he could get sent down officially to Iowa. So the Wild's frustration, Boudreaux's anyway, frustration with Grayavok 
hit a point of no return at this stage that we were willing to put him on waivers because we had to. Uh, and luckily, no one did pick him up. Alex Tuck right back up. Boudreau expressing frustration with Mr. Alex Tuck. With a, uh, you know, and, and I noticed the same thing. Just kind of slow out there. Plays in slow motion. Like, what's going on? And Zach Mitchell also called up. Very nondescript minor league player, but he was here much earlier in the season and got one assist, and that's it, in, several, in multiple games there. About 11 games, Zach Mitchell was on the wild earlier in the year during Zach Marie's injuries and such, and other players' injuries that took place early in the season. Very frustrating. Uh, Parisi injured and sick a lot early in the season. And, of course, Eric Halla injured as well. So that's when we were dealing with all that garbage. You had to have guys like Zach Mitchell up here and such. Alex Tuck, though, looks better. Looks better. Put on that... Uh, he's kind of moved around from the fourth line to the top line. Fourth line looks good, though, especially as we get into the Dallas game. Let's move on to the Dallas game. Mitchell and Tuck did play in this game, but the Dallas game is when they're a little more noticed, especially Tuck. Very fast. Um, Alex Tuck, much faster. Very aggressive. Very impressed. This guy can be very fast. <laughs> he, he has some speed. He has some, some explosiveness out there, and you're seeing it. I don't know if he was a little bit nervous, a little timid, and I don't blame him because the whole game was like so much faster. He's probably like a little shell-shocked coming in, but looked a lot better in this game. Fourth line, pretty awesome as things, again, continuing to shuffle around because Graybox no longer with the Minnesota Wild at this stage. I mean, there's still a chance. He's in Iowa. You never know. He may come back up again and may keep his job, but, I mean... All of it, I mean, no assists all season, only six goals, and they were just sporadic. They were in and out, here and there, just random, just random. Eric Hollis, the fourth-line center, and he looks damn good on it. <laughs> we're going to talk about some highlight plays here. Right at the end of that first period, after the Wild, Wild and Dallas Stars exchanged a decent number of shots, Dallas a little bit better than the Wild, and also, by the way, Darcy Kemper before this bye week here. As I don't even know where this came from, but it, it's come up. Obviously, during the collective bargaining agreement, it's like, yeah, that's what it is, a bye week, so we won't have any hockey for another week or so. <clears throat> but I will be able to preview two games in the preview, so this one I could talk a little bit longer. And, of course, we'll talk more prospects in the second uh, segment, and we're going to talk about Luke Coonan. He's kind of the featured prospect of the day. I'm gonna kind of, We're going to kind of approach that. Uh, Avery Pearson uh, also will be in the next episode of Brave the Wild. Pavel Bonnet making some really nice... Really, not, writing some really nice articles about these guys. So, yes, and I will post it on the, on uh, the Brave the Wild Facebook page if he allows me to do that, or if he prefers it actually probably to be on MNW Players. So maybe it'll end up on both. We'll find out. <laughs> I haven't, haven't heard from him, so maybe maybe I'll hear from him during the break at this stage <laughs> over over there in the Czech Republic. Pavel, my new buddy over there. Uh, a Blades of Steel goal. For those of you in the Nintendo days, the old Nintendo, I'm not talking Super, and I'm sure as hell not talking N64 or, or anything uh, beyond that. Nintendo, Blades of Steel. This was a Blades of Steel goal by Ryan Suter, where it's just, you win the face-off, zing it over, and then shoot. <laughs> it was like, dut, dut, dut. it was a 1-2-3 tic-tac-toe goal. Spectacular. Uh, Quaiva wins the face-off over to Pomondrill, immediately over to Suter. Power play goal. One second remaining in there. Ryan Suter makes it one nothing Minnesota. Darcy Kemper, awesome this entire game, by the way. Uh, just every one of these goals was a highlight. Every one of them. Just awesome. Uh, Miko Koivu comes in off of the penalty. The power, power, uh, the power play for Dallas had just ended. Koivu comes out of the box, gets the puck, zings it back, uh, back, backdoor pass to Jordan Schrader, who continues down towards the net. 
and slides past the goalie. Hesitation. I mean, just ha- just waits, hesitates, waits patiently. Eric Hall a score. You know, just boom, just immediate little pass after the just waiting for the right time, right place. Eric Hall buries it. Gopher to Gopher. Yes, sir. First round pick Schrader, 2010, 29, 2009 to 2010 seventh round pick Eric Halla. Gopher stars of the past. Back in the good, back in the good old days, right of Gopher hockey. <laughs> Eric Halla was a member of the 2013 Gophers, who had the number one uh, number one ranking in all of hockey, and unfortunately got beat by Yale in the first round. Oh, a lot of people saw the Wild versus uh, Notre Dame in the in the championship game in that one, and the Wild actually or Gophers losing that one, but ultimately. Because uh, a lot of people thought Notre Dame might pull it off that year. Ended up being Yale. The bottom seed in the entire NCAA tournament. They went all the way, won the damn thing. And then the Gophers were number one again the next year with uh, without Halla and not with Schrader either. They went all the way with Mike Riley and all of them and, and Adam Wilcox and such. And then got creamed by freaking Union in the championship game after just flying through the whole year. Heartbreaker. All right, let's move on. And Gophers look good again right now after beating Penn State last night. Yes. <laughs> but gopher to gopher, awesome. And of course, that's Minnesota men's gopher hockey. Yes, NCAA hockey. Cody Eakin finishing off the rebound by Antoine Russell. This just again. I mean, early in that third period, and it's like, okay, Camber gave up one goal, and this was not a bad one. This wasn't like a. This wasn't necessarily like oh, Dubnik would have stopped it. it. You know, whatever. It was a rebound. The Wild were unable to get the puck out of the zone, and Cody Eakin able to finish for only his second goal of the season. Seven minutes later, after some pretty nice saves by Darcy Kemper over the course of this third period, as the Stars would threaten a bit, but the Wild's uh, defense and the shot blocking was was ready for this one as well. They were they were ready to help Darcy Kemper out, despite if he would face 30, 30, <laughs> 35 shots in the game, stop 34 very encouraging to see Kemper play so well. And then Jared Spurgeon with a highlight play off of a nice Eric Halla pass. Getting it up towards the net. Spurgeon would kind of, the puck would be bouncing, kind of bouncing all over the place. Spurgeon would gain control and raise it past uh, raise it past Kari Lenton. And, and there you go. Eighth goal of the season for the guy with the stitches on his face. A tough guy and ready to go. Small but tough and so talented, so skilled. He's had so many just beautiful highlight type of goals this year. And this was yet another one. Awesome. Uh, Cody Eakins was also similar in terms of he would get the rebound and raise it past Darcy Kemper, where in this case, Jared Spurgeon did it all himself. So more impressive, in in my humble opinion, both defensemen for each uh, respective club, Jared Spurgeon, with a highlight type of goal. Darcy Kemper would face a couple of very dangerous situations of a Parisi turnover along the way and would still stop the puck. Devin Dubnik, a la Devin Dubnik. As the Wild have two huge goalies, six foot six Dubnik, six foot five Kemper, they take up all that space and they have the, the flexibility and the quickness to really block that net. And uh, Darcy Kemper really showed it on this night against the Dallas Stars, and uh, we're very happy with how things took place. This was Thursday, February the sixteenth, by the way, and the previous one with Anaheim was Valentine's Day. So the Mike Padano Award for the week—it's kind of tough. It is kind of tough. Um, Parisi's like a possibility with the multiple goals, but no, nah, I mean, Eric Halla is awesome all week. Spurgeon is a candidate. Koivu is a candidate. Big week for Kamiko Koivu, making some nice passes, really setting guys up, and of course finishing as well. It's, uh, actually, no, he didn't finish, but uh, almost finishing on multiple occasions. Pominville as well. Great scoring chances. <sighs> Boy, it's a tough choice. Even Kemper with a strong game. Dubnik, a strong game against Anaheim. I mean, I don't know. I mean, 
oh. And of course, uh, Gustav Olsson fitting in very nicely with the Wild. A lot of people see him as a guy that doesn't look like a rookie anymore. He looked a little bit on that one play against Detroit, but other than that, he's been very good, and the Wild making the right choice. Sending Mike Riley back down to Iowa and calling up Olsen, who's a year younger and a lot better, I think. Um, I thought Mike Riley was going to be better than he is, but when you provide no offense, which is what you're known for, and you make so many mistakes, and, and you're not even good on the puck half the time, just terrible turnovers. And then you bring in Gustav Olsen, who's already got more assists than you. Yeah, that's right. And way better presence out there. I'm sorry, but Gustav Olsen, for me, is the guy. Between Mike Riley and Gustav Olsen, it's Gustav Olsen's job to lose at this stage. Um, unfortunately, once uh, Brodeen comes back, then don't know. Don't know what's going to happen with Olsen. I would love to see him stay on the NHL roster at this point. Uh, Foline has done so well that you can't really send him down, necessarily, even though he's dropped off from an awesome start to the season after the knee injury. And Prosser's the, the classic seventh defenseman. He's a, you know, he gets scratched most of the time, but he's there for injury replacement or whatever it is uh, in situations. So he's already up here. And, of course, good to practice against this and that. And he's a nice option to change things up a little bit. So there it is. I'm not sure you'd want to keep Olsen in that range. You'd want him, you want him to keep playing. So, man, I think the guy deserves to be in the NHL. So decisions will be made in the offseason, along with the current regular season, into the postseason. So, <laughs> season, season, season. It is what it is. Mike O'Donnell Award is going to go... <sighs> boy, oh boy, it is so tough. Jared Spurgeon, Miko Koivu. Jared Spurgeon and Miko Koivu, honorable mention to Eric Halla. I mean, all three of those guys, awesome all week. Jared Spurgeon and Miko Koivu are both going to get it. Spurgeon hanging in tough, spectacular play along the way. Not changed at all, despite that crazy, scary situation, the way he was able to go right back out there and still get an assist in that Detroit game. And that awesome goal here against the Dallas Stars. Uh, Jared Spurgeon is as valuable as it gets. He was the MVP of last season for me with the Minnesota Wild. Eric Hall is strong all week, too. Nice to see him really factoring in the scoring, despite getting pushed down to the fourth line with Coyle moving to the third line center position. Nice chemistry there with Palmer and... Mr. Zach Parisi. But of course, Koivu, what an awesome week. What an awesome week. I mean, just great playmaking, great presence out there. Miko Koivu, when winning, winning key faceoffs as well. Awesome. Uh, so there it is. I'll wrap up this fairly long segment. I had a lot to say, and I really enjoyed this. So thank you again for listening, keeping up with me, bearing with my craziness as well. We'll be back to talk about the uh, two games and, of course, the prospects and such. <laughs> Ready for the second segment? We're going to preview two games and jump right into some prospect talk. We're going to talk to Pavel Bunat and his buddy Merrick Skyba. Merrick Skyba. They uh, made the wonderful Facebook page MNW Players. MNW Players. Look that up. Join it right away. People have been joining it. That's going to be a very popular page, of course, from Minnesota Wild Hardcore. We're all kind of like linked with them, too, in a way. <clothes> Jim Madil and, of course, Chance Kostek. Brother, my brother-in-law, of course, the, uh, the brother of my brother's wife, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Interesting how that works. But, um, yeah, they help run the Minnesota Wild Hardcore. And then, of course, Pavel Bunyat has come out from there and their buddies there. And they've created the MNW players out of Europe. 
Merrick Skyba and Pavel Bunet get that going. And we're going to get an article. We're going to talk about an article. Luke Coonan will be the feature presentation with the prospects today. Very awesome points in that article. Awesome. Uh, wow. Uh, we'll be talking about that right away here after we preview the Nashville and Chicago games. Nashville and Chicago, Saturday, February the 18th. 14 years ago, something happened to me, but I'm here and everything's good to go. So just, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> A little health hazard, we'll say, took place that day. Uh, God God bless. Uh, thank you, Lord, for the, the healing there. Absolutely. So let's jump on board with this Nashville game. I'm going crazy here. <clears throat> Nashville Predators, Saturday, Feb 18. Oh, goody. Mr. Forsberg, Philip Forsberg, not Peter, Philip Forsberg, uh, Patrick Rene, and others. Or will it be Soros in that? We'll see. We'll see indeed. Um, McLeod. McLeod is out with on injured reserve with an undisclosed injury. Undisclosed injury. Very well. Very well. Undisclosed injury. Hmm. <laughs> P.K. Subban will be, will be also P.K. Subban and, and Ellis, Josie, all these star players. Ryan Johansson leading the way at this stage for the Nashville Preds, the Predators. The series right now, it's a five-gamer so far. Minnesota leads 2-1. to one. This one is hosted by the Minnesota Wild, so hopefully the Wild can officially clinch the season series with a victory. Uh, the Wild won in overtime. So in... The Wild won in overtime on December the 27th. They won 5-2 to two on December 15th. That was during that winning streak, that impressive month in December, crushing, crushing the uh, December swoons of the past for Mike Yo. Even though there was a January swoon in his final year, uh, Nashville ended up winning on January 22nd. A convincing regular regulation victory for Nashville. That's the through. So they went up with three points. The Wild have a 6-3 to three lead in the points department. Nashville, 62 points. They are in the wild card position right now. 20 points behind the Minnesota Wild at this point. Holy Toledo. That's uh, pretty awesome. 20 points. I mean, it's only 20 points. They'll, they'll catch. Okay, let's not even think about that. Let's, let's not even go. I don't want to talk about anybody catching. Yeah, no. Minnesota Wild, seven points ahead of the Chicago Blackhawks, not only for the division lead, but for the conference lead. Woo! That's unbelievable. Uh, Pekka Rene, when he's on, he's on. He's a very, very good goalie, but on occasion he gets his butt kicked. Kind of like, kind of like, well, uh, other goalies in the NHL, right? <laughs> Carey Price gave up seven goals this year against the Wild. Seven goals given up by Carey Price. So it happens. Even Devin Dubnik gave up three against Detroit not that long ago. Just a couple, just a week ago. So let's move on. I'm going crazy here. Uh, Ryan Johansson leading the way. 40 points. Remember the Wild tried to get him last year. They tried to pluck him off of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Not going to happen. Nashville just a little more aggressive, and they continue to be aggressive into the offseason, of course, getting P.K. Subban. He's doing all right. He's doing all right. He's not as good as Weber, though, as Shea Weber. 22 points on the season, plus he's a little crazy, and he's missed He's missed 16 games this year, so, well, it is what it is. Philip Forsberg, uh, the third leading goal scorer with 16. Victor Arvidsson, who's been a thorn in the wild side at times, 18 goals on the year, only one point behind Ryan Johansson with the lead. He's the Mikhail Grenland of the club with 31 assists, Along the way, Forsberg's kind of the Parisi, I guess you could say. <laughs> James Neal, 17 goals, 9 assists. <clears throat> More of a third-line talent who can score goals, not really set people up. Mike Ribeiro, um, a nice little, <laughs> a nice veteran center along the way. The Wilds should be able to beat this club at home, and I hope we do. We did lose last time we were at home. In fact, we won both games on the road in Nashville. So will the Wild make up for it? This is their final home game against Nashville. Nash, uh, the Predators have a have three games at home. The Wild two, to the Wilds two at home. 
at this stage. So I think the Wild can win this game. I think they should win this game. I think they should win both of these games, quite frankly, Nashville and Chicago. I think the Wild will beat uh, Nashville today. I think it'll be a nice little solid 3-2 to two type of victory for Minnesota. I expect uh, Devin Dubnik to be in net tonight. And uh, we'll talk about the Chicago game later. But I do expect Devin Dubnik to be a net for both of these games. And um, it's good to get... Good thing the Wild did put... Uh, Boudreaux put uh, Kemper out there because he might have missed all the, the whole week and everything. That's a little too long. And then you bring him in against the Kings or something and God knows what would happen. He gets crushed. And I would put Kemper against the Kings. He usually he usually does well against them, though that seems to be fading of late. Uh, I like the Wild's chances against Nashville. They're definitely the better team. We've played well against them in the last couple of years. Um, I don't expect to see another 4-2 to two type of game. Patrick, Patrick Rene was due to shut the Wild down with the way the Wild had been shelling him, particularly that five-goal game back on December the 15th in Nashville. That was devastating for that club. I expect a 3-2 to two victory for the Minnesota Wild. Will it go to OT? Very possible. Most likely guy to score in the game is going to be... Are you ready? Eric Stahl will end his, his 12-game uh, drought. So there it is. Eric Stahl will end his 12-game drought against the National Predators. Today's the day for that to happen. And there you go. Let's move on to the Chicago Blackhawks. The Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, goody. I'm jumping ahead to March accidentally. As we got a, we got still got a little bit left here. As we bounce around Tuesday, February 21. And then, of course, Los Angeles Kings, which I do think Darcy Camper will be in net. On, yes, he will be in net on that one. And then the Wild will have Dubnik against Winnipeg the following night. Back-to-back to wrap the month of January, or February, pardon me. Devin Dubnik will be in net for both of these. Minnesota hosts the Chicago Blackhawks. We wrap up the homestand at this stage. Big, big game, big game. This will be, <laughs> don't be surprised to see this on national television. And in fact, it is. Seems like Wild Blackhawks is a nationally televised game, no matter what it is. Same old story. Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Corey Crawford. It's all about Corey Crawford when it comes to the Wild and the Chicago Blackhawks. Almost more so than Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. Okay, it's all three of them. It, it really is. It's all three. Um, you don't have Evil Otto there anymore. That was Brandon Saad because he had that wicked little smile. Just a, he had that cocky look in his face. Uh, Minnesota has acquired three points, and Chicago has acquired two. So a very narrow margin between these clubs so far. The 3-2 to two victory in Chicago after trailing 2 to nothing. Wild answer with three goals on Jan 15. Spectacular night. Everybody loved it. Palmer ending his drought. I think Zach Parisi will score again against the Chicago Blackhawks. I just got a feeling with Parisi versus the Blackhawks. Don't be surprised to see Patrick Kane net another goal against the Black, uh, the Wild, though. Don't be surprised at all. Jonathan Tay has been picking it up of late after he was oft injured early in the season and struggled kind of like Zach Parisi has struggled and being oft injured earlier in the year. So many familiar players, so much frustration. You just hate seeing their names because you hate seeing them score on us. <laughs> Omnistov, again, that's an acquisition. And Panarin and the Brandon Saad trade. The Blackhawks just know what they're doing. As good as Brandon Saad is. I mean, look how much they got back in return. Corey Crawford continues to be outstanding. Scott Darling is an awesome backup goalie for the Blackhawks. Whichever one is in the net, it's going to be a tough, tough score for the Minnesota Wild. Richard Panic is always a pain in the butt. Brent Seabrook, I mean, and Duncan Keith is probably the best defenseman in the NHL. Is what it is. I think the Wild can and will win the game at home, and then you hope for the best on March the 12th, where the Blackhawks may even the season series in the win-loss column at that stage. In fact, they actually, yeah, you don't want them to win that game. That's all I got to say. Hopefully the Wild can hang on. If the, if the, well, yeah, I mean, if the Blackhawks 
or, uh, if the Wild win tonight and the Blackhawks, uh, if the Wild are able to win tonight and not, uh, if the Wild are able to win tonight and not be forced to go to overtime or the Blackhawks would still get a point, the Wild officially win the season series. So there it is. So the Wild have a chance to end the season series tonight, and I feel they will. I think the Wild will win the season series, and then you hope for the best on March the 12th, or hopefully at that stage the Wild can be very much in the driver's seat for the Central Division Championship, only the second in in the history of the uh, franchise. The first for the Central Division, and the Wild won the Northwest back in 2007, only to get beat by the Colorado Avalanche. I couldn't believe that. Oof, so frustrating. Um, but again, it is what it is. Is what it is. Uh, very talented team. We all know that. I'm going again three to two, three to two, just like the Nashville game. Sounds boring. It might go to overtime. I think the Nashville one for some reason is more more likely to go to overtime than the Blackhawks one. I see a three to two win for the Minnesota Wild. Zach Parise, more likely guy to score. I just think the Wild will outlast the Blackhawks and they'll make up for it. I'm actually going to go with four to two, four to two win. I think the Wild have a fairly convincing victory over this club, kind of like similar to last year when the Wild pounded the Blackhawks. I see the. I, I just get a feeling the Wild are going to really come out to play against Chicago, and it's going to be. Uh, you're going to see like 35 plus shots by the Wild. I, I just have this vibe. They're going to have this feeling. We, we're going to put you guys behind us. You're going to be behind so far. You're not going to catch up, and then we're going to have home ice advantage. Should we do? Should we end up playing in that second round? Which the possibility is very strong. All these talented players, Jarmelson, Seabrook. I mean, it just goes on and on. But the Wild also have a lot of talented players. And these names are going to become more and more valid to Blackhawks fans. As the Wild are a legitimate threat now to knock the Blackhawks out of the playoffs and possibly make a run all the way. It does exist. So there it is. 4-2 victory for the Wild. Most likely guy to score is Zach Parisi. So let's get to our feature presentation when it comes to the prospects. And that's Luke Coonan. An article written by Pavel Bunet. Bunet. I hope I'm saying it right. Please, please let me know. Um, for for Mr. Pavel there, young Mr. Pavel, he says Luke Kunin as Kunin as the top prospect for the Wild. And also to note, Kunin added two more assists last night for the Wisconsin Badgers over the Michigan Wolverines. Both of the Michigans have been struggling mightily. So again, I'm letting you know that uh, 15th overall pick, 2016 draft. Pavel, very impressed with this young man. Uh, 31 points already in only 26 games, 19 goals, 12 assists, adding two assists last night against Michigan. Michigan and Michigan State both struggling mightily. But Pavel adds some interesting points here. I uh, really likes the guy's slap shot and wrister, all that. So that's And he does see Kunin as a possible captain for the Minnesota Wild in the future. He sees how Koivu's contract will end in 2018 and then... Maybe signed for another couple of years, and at that stage, a couple more years with uh, Koivu, that is, two or three more years, and the C will be available. He sees Kunin possibly becoming the captain of the Minnesota Wild by the time he's 24 years old, about five years from now. Very, very interesting. He sees that ideal age to start a career as a super captain. A super captain, huh? <laughs> yep, I mean, the Wild have captains all over all over the place. I mean, Belpedio is a captain with Miami University. Uh, Jason Hominville was a captain in his past. Uh, Suter has, always, has generally been an assistant. It was Shea Weber was the captain. He was our alternate, not assistant. Um, Parisi, obviously, has been a captain. So it's crazy. But yeah, Kunin could be that guy. Uh, Kabrizov is a captain of his team over there. He was the captain of the Russian uh, World Junior Team. I mean, that, that that's impressive. Very impressive prospects, again. And that's why... <laughs> Uh, why, why 
Chuck Fletcher is looked on as a very good general manager. After a couple years ago, just even into last end of last year, people were getting really concerned, really frustrated when you saw guys like Randlin struggling, Nino Niederreiter kind of plateauing, Coyle plateauing, guys like that, Brodeen dropping off, Kemper not being really good. Now, I mean, you're starting to see something here, and a lot of these prospects really starting to pick up. As the covers look awfully, we're, we're starting to get awfully bare again, or so we thought, where guys like Lucia were not doing so good in college and such. And now here we go. I mean, Kunin, uh, Alex Tuck was, was doing all right. He was like the only guy. And now, now look at this. Kabrizov is blown up, and, and, and Belpedio is getting better. It just goes on and on. Su, Susie, in the, uh, in, uh, Susie and Avery Peterson over there. Carson Susie and Adrian, Adrian Peterson. Avery Peterson. <laughs> Pretty awesome. But uh, we continue here with some of the statistics and such, which get very interesting here from Pavel Bonet. Uh, he says... I'll just say Pavel. I don't need to say the whole name all the time. I'd be driving him crazy. So I apologize for driving, you know, just say Pavel. Uh, he says, the most important thing is his productivity and scoring ability. Right now in the two in the 2016-17 season, he has 29 points in 25 games. Yep, like I was saying, 19 goals, which is absolutely outstanding. 19-year-old kid. And he's a uh, sophomore at 19. That's very, very interesting when you think about that. Um, again, and he added the two more assists, which put him at, you know, man, at 29 points. Yep. Just crazy. Two more assists. So he's finally getting some assists as well because he mostly was scoring goals early on. And he was talking about trying to compare him to former NCAA players who became NHL players. Uh, he says uh, in this season, Kunin, Kunin is, is scoring 0.76 goals per, per game. Yep. And Parisi in his sophomore year with North Dakota, the North Dakota Fighting Zoo, now Fighting Hawks, was .62 goals per one game. So very interesting there. Um, he says it's impressive. He doesn't want to say Conan's going to be better than Zach, but it is impressive. And he says uh, Johnny Johnny Godreau, who was of the uh, Calgary Flames at this stage, his second NCAA season, .48. Eric Halla, .47. Thomas Vanek, .68, who was great with the Gophers, helped them win the national championship. Um, as a freshman, believe it or not. That was pretty impressive. And then his second year, he was good again. He was very good and was a top pick in the draft, top five pick, and went on to be with the Buffalo Sabres for a while. Uh, Van Remersdijk, uh, Dyke, sorry, point uh, four seven. Danny Healy of the Wisconsin Badgers and later on with the you know Atlanta Thrashers and others, Ottawa Senators, Sharks, and Minnesota Wild for a short time there. Point six two goals per one game. And as great as Danny Healy was for the Badgers as well. So Healy... And Kunin, both Badgers, along the way. He says, generally, she wraps up the thoughts with, generally speaking, Kunin is playing absolutely outstanding in his second NCAA season. He is better he, he is better than many of the big names that were playing in the same league before him. Yep, yep. So back in the college days with them in their sophomore year, basically. So when we say second year, it's like sophomore year in college. Um, impressive thoughts. Impressive thoughts that his goals per game average is higher than a lot of big names. So, hope it continues. Um, we've seen a lot of college players blow, be great, and then they drop off. Um, but I think Kunin, yeah. I mean, a, a lot of people see this is legitimate, though, with Kunin. This isn't like a, a, a pie-in-the-sky, you know, flash-in-a-pan type of thing. Like, maybe Sam Anas was. But even Sam Anas is doing all right for the Iowa Wild, I have to say. He's, he's coming around. It, it takes like a year or so for some of those college players to adjust to the AHL. You think of the AHL versus NHL, and yes, there's a significant drop-off, but there is a significant upgrade from college to the AHL. 
um, there is a very minor upgrade from college to the ECHL. So, you know, ECHL, a lot of guys do the same thing in the ECHL they were doing in college. Now, Ontario League, obviously, I think is lower than college, and that's why I would not mind seeing a guy I really like, <laughs> Dmitry Sokolov, at least play one year with a Colorado college, somebody like that, somebody not in the Big Ten unless it's the Gophers. Uh, that would be nice. Let's look at Dmitry Sokolov now. Ontario League's, the Ontario League's finest. Ontario Hockey League, Sudbury Wolves, 60 points on the season, 39 goals in those 50 games, 21 assists added on board. Oh, my God. Uh, that's so too bad the Sudbury Wolves are struggling so much. He's a minus 22. They have a terrible record, and I, I wouldn't be surprised, Dmitry, a little bit kind of a little bit of a selfish game at this stage, but again, he's 18 years old, and it's kind of a man among boys right now, despite the fact he's 18. It's not like he's, you know, 23 years old or anything, and that's also what's exciting. Um, this this needs to be his last year in Ontario Hockey League. It's a great little minor league. It's, it's a, or it's a great, it's basically a senior, it's a, it's a major junior is basically what it is. It's a top junior league, the Ontario Hockey League and everything, but um, time to move to college or at least the ECHL. AHL would be a tough adjustment, I think, but you never know. Maybe he really is that good. And a lot of people saw him as a first-round talent. There he is a seventh round. So for those of you new to the show, you're going to hear my continued fandom of Dmitry Sokolov. Could be the sleeper of the 2016 draft, along with another nice player, Kunin, for the Wild at 15. Not a sleeper. <laughs> uh, lots of talented players came out of that draft, like Kefir Bellows and others. It's going to be fun. going to be fun to keep up with. Uh, Jordan Greenway adding... A goal and an assist the past week here for Boston University. He's now at eight goals, 18 assists. He has tied. See, he's also in his second year, his sophomore year with Boston University, just like Luke Coonan. Same, uh, <laughs> not the same, not the same draft, but was uh, same. He, he's a, uh, well, yeah, yeah. He is in the same coll- uh, collegiate year, sophomore year. 26 points in 29 games versus 39 games last year. So, continued development with Jordan Greenway. Everybody loves him. He's got a little bit of captain in him as well someday, someplace. Just a, a beast out there. That's usually the word everyone uses. Jack Sedek still at, I believe, seven points on the season. Again, stay-at-home kind of physical defenseman for the Minnesota Golden Gophers, who are fifth in the country right now. And after beating Penn State 6-3 last night, they do it again tonight. Man, oh man, top four and top seed in the... In the, in the NCAA tournament in March, if, we, if they continue that, that going. Luis Belpidio playing for a Miami, Ohio team. Not playing as well of late. Only two goals for that club the other night, and Belpidio not factoring in that. He is the captain of that club. They're just not that good, unfortunately. He's probably the best player on that team. In fact, I would say he is. In his junior year, again, possible to see Luis Belpidio on the AHL's Iowa Wild next year. And I would not be disappointed. In fact, he's a 2014 draft, so get him on over. He's an Alex Tuck's draft, so time to hop on over to the Minnesota Wild. Sam Warning added an assist at one point last week, a couple assists last week. Since then, he's at 38 points in the ECHL right now. He's the only notable guy, I would say, on the Quad City Mallards at this stage. Maybe Sokolov. I don't know. Watch him tear that league to shreds for a couple months and move up to the AHL. Could be exactly what's going to happen, but <laughs> very kind of a nondescript week, though, for both the ECHL, uh, Quad City Mallards, and the Iowa Wild. Only one goal in each game, and they're both scored by Timo Polkanen. Ugh, the goal last night, unassisted, so only Timo Polkanen really pretty much leading the way for Iowa. He's definitely the AHL player of the week for the Minnesota Wild. The Iowa Wilds club, of course, or excuse me, the Iowa, the Iowa Wild are the Minnesota AHL team. Oh, 
So pretty much team of Bulkin, and that's about it. Kind of disappointing week for them. Only one goal each, and one of them was a 4-1 loss. Not good to the uh, San Diego Gulls, San Diego Seagulls. Ouch. That that hurts. They got their butts kicked. So after playing well, now they're kind of running and hitting the wall again, unfortunately. Hopefully Iowa Wild can, can come out of the little funk that's starting. As they're just not scoring all of a sudden. Starting to remind me of Minnesota Wild earlier in the season. They lost one nothing to Simi Kuda under the Ontario Reign just recently, last night. Timo Polkanen with just an unassisted goal. Mm, bummer. Bummer. <laughs> is what it is. So that's pretty much it when it comes to the prospects, I would have to say. I wanted to look at it, and I'm messing myself up here. Here we go. Yeah, Polkanen now, 34 points on the season. He's way ahead of everybody else, especially with Tuck getting called up and such. Mario Lucia still stuck at 22 points. Olsen's up here. Sam Anas, 20 points on the year. Again, he's a guy who had to adjust a bit. Zach Mitchell's up with the Wild. Hmm, I, I don't know. Uh, oh, goody. Zach Mitchell, not, he isn't doing much at the AHL level. Yet we call him up instead of, say, a Samanaz or something. But I don't know. I don't think Samanaz is ready. One of these days, maybe call up Mario Lucia. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's maybe the next one. He's maybe the next one, say, if the Wild get frustrated with uh, the unproductivity of Zach Mitchell. Maybe the Wild do give Mario Lucia a shot. At least a couple games here. See what he See what he can do at the NHL level. How he keeps up with it and such. That would be my recommendation at this stage. But it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to listen to me. <laughs> hope you listen. I mean, hope you enjoyed this show. Please tell your friends about it if you could. Please do join the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. At Brave the Wild is the Twitter account for this. And again, like I mentioned, MNW players. MNW players on Facebook. Join Pavel and Merrick's page. Merrick Skyba. Absolutely cool guys. Great information. Fun conversation. They love the prospects and they love the NHL players as well. They keep up. Their passion is really, really with this team and with the uh, the system as well of the Minnesota Wild. So I want to thank all of you very much for your inclusion with this show. I want to thank those of you that do listen. Please, again, tell your friends if you could. Please uh, write a positive rating on iTunes or Stitcher. I would give a big shout out to you and thank you on air if you could kindly do that. I would appreciate it. Oh, so much. The show needs the positive ratings just to encourage other listeners about the show. I mean, this show needs to get out there a little more. It's kind of been underexposed for many years, many, many, many years. So it was really cool to get on on the uh, Pucknology podcast out there. Really cool San Jose Sharks show. Uh, a very ambitious deal going on there with 12 different people involved with it, uh, making the videos. They actually record after every game. Can you believe that? Different guys and such. Chris, more of the producer type, but he's also a very capable host. Awesome host as well. He's been on, uh, he's, he's got a good radio voice, uh, hockey knowledge, outstanding, and, and just an all-around great guy. So encourage you to do to also check that out. Please uh, subscribe to it. And um, I'll probably be on there again, and you'll probably hear Chris's voice on here, particularly if Minnesota and San Jose face off in those Western Conference Finals. You'll be hearing Chris's voice on this show, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're gonna we're gonna have a friendly little rivalry between each other if it gets to it. <laughs> but uh, it's nice to know I have some San Jose Sharks friends out there now, as they've been following the the uh, the uh, Twitter account. I met him off of Twitter. He faced. Uh, uh, he gave me a, a direct message on on Twitter there, and then so and then the Pucknology podcast ended up following later on after I followed them. They pretty much immediately followed back, and some of the other 
followers. Very cool. And then Drew Bunting also. I I think he listens to this show. I'm not sure. He's a friend of Sebastian Bowles. Lives out there in Northern Cal. He's a San Jose Sharks fan. So I'm getting a little bit partial to the Sharks as a, you know, kind of a friendly, a friendly relationship with San Jose Sharks fans out there. So why not? Why not? Um, they're not a division rival. Uh, we haven't had a horrible, mean series with them yet where people are getting hurt and all that, like it was with Vancouver Canucks. But uh, it's it's always fun to be friends with other fan bases. We don't need to hate each other. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun, especially, again, if you're not a division rival. It makes it a little bit easier. So thanks again for all that. I mean, I've always liked the Flames, too. I've been partial to them. I had a couple of Flames friends out there. They're a little more indirect, though. I didn't really hear from them much. But they're still hanging out there. Some of them listen to the show, I do believe. Again, thank you all again for, for that, for listening and supporting the show. We'll talk to you next week. Hopefully the Wild can come out of this one 2-0. Oh.